The purpose of Christianity is to worship Christ. In a practical sense, this requires the church to eliminate liberalism. The church cannot be built within the culture of liberalism. Those who create and further the goals of liberalism are the builders of Babylon. The church and liberal culture are antagonist and incompatible. There are two types of persons. Each type manifests a different kind of thinking. Each group represents a worldview alien to the other. But the left-right conservative liberal designations fails to do the division justice. The distinctions are deeper and more significant than most people realize. There is an animus between the two groups that is deeper than economic theories or political differences. The situation is more akin to two species competing over the same ecological niche than two groups who have different preferences. Each group is a repudiation of everything the other group supports. The two groups think in fundamentally different ways. Each group is a contradiction of what the other group believes. Each group serves as a mirror image of the other. The deep and irreconcilable alienation of each group from the other's mores must be appreciated before we can begin to formulate a solution. The situation we face is depicted best in the Bible. Each group is as far from the other as the East is from the West. We can say, says scripture, follow one master or hate the other, or hate one and love the other. There is no reconciliation offered. Another way of depicting the division is in the parable of sheep and goats. We are two flocks, each with its own master. The differences of opinion as to what man is or how best to define us as a species depicts two totally divergent ways of thinking about who we are. Most people think of the world as being composed of physical objects and humans as physical creatures. This is a liberal perspective. It is wrong. Christians know they are in this world defined by and dominated by liberals, but we are not of it. Christians believe the universe was created. It is conceptual and logical, and humans have a central place in it. As was explained in our podcast, How Evil Thinks, liberals have one response when faced with a problem. They use force of some kind. Liberals are not averse to using physical force and intimidation, but leverage plays a role also. Liberals use their office, expertise, and emotional blackmail to achieve their ends. Liberals rely on their control of property to achieve their ends. Liberalism is orientated in the physical world. If one rejects the use of physical power over physical property, one will not understand liberalism. Liberal problem-solving manifests the way the natural world works, but in a social setting. Liberal organizations utilize power gradients and hierarchical administrative structures. Hierarchy is a natural result of the liberal mentality and the logistics of leverage over the natural world. One's ability to cause action physically can only be measured through physical contests, but power needs to be leveraged through hierarchy to be effective. The most refined or sublime of these contests for dominance is democracy, but the free market is also a close contender. 
Babylon is the cultural center of liberal society and Nimrod, the patron saint of liberal culture. Both democracy and capitalism allow liberals to leverage power over property to create a desired result. Liberal solutions, or what is known as socialism, must always be processed through a top-down methodology. The authority of the center may be based on expertise or office or physical dominance, but in application the result is a hierarchy of authority and a centralized decision-making process. This is not the way the church works. Christians believe in the sanctity of ownership as a rule given to them by God. The church has jurisdiction over what they create. Liberals love freedom and are proponents of a might-makes-right strategy. Christians love creation and defend the ownership rights of the Creator over his or her creation. Liberalism and the Church are mirror images. The things that typify one are inversely supported by the other. Liberals promote freedom, whereas the saints are motivated by duty. Liberals subscribe to a buyer-beware mentality, but Christians embrace accountability. The left looks to the law to enforce dictates and public order, whereas the church encourages personal integrity and market forces. What we ought to focus on is that the culture of Christianity is logically coherent. Liberal culture contains many inconsistent elements, or what be can be called oxymorons. A key component of the church is that Christian culture eliminates risk and threats of loss. The church creates conformity in its belief system. Incoherence of ideas indicates falsehoods. The responsibility of every Christian is to seek to reconcile any discrepancies in what we believe. If our ideas do not fit together logically, we harbor a falsehood. The difference in approaches is inherent in the mentality of each group. Liberals seek solutions using experts and bureaucrats and other professions. Liberals speak power to problems. Consequently, one often hears the terminology of war used in their discussions. Liberalism can exist only within a specific organizational structure. Liberal leaders need to exert leverage on their followers, and this requires power gradients, or what is called a hierarchical organizational form. Inequality is a natural outcome of liberals' organizational approach to problem-solving. Might makes right creates a centralized power structure with many levels of authority emanating out from the center. It is this layered organizational structure that allows a core of experts and professionals to issue orders that can then be imposed on the levels below. It is trusted that even with this short discussion, it can be seen liberals cannot transform centralized institutions into decentralized ones. Autocracy cannot create flat and unconfrontational organizations. Some persons might still think it possible to flatten a steep power gradient using a top-down approach, but in fact, if we really look at what happens, middle management is what is eliminated and the power eliminated is shifted up to the line to the top. Flattening a liberal organization is a process of centralizing power. We cannot use liberal thinkers to eliminate liberal cultures.
the principle of subsidiarity must be implemented to overcome liberal organizational norms, but the principle of subsidiarity contradicts the liberal management style in its simplest statement. The principle of subsidiarity states all power comes from the base. Once the option of using force has been eliminated, liberalism is untenable. Rejecting the option of force has far-reaching implications. If might does not make right, then nature itself or our interpretation of how it works is wrong. If might does not make right, the conception of nature naturalists use had just been falsified. The social rejection of force means the entire apparatus of causality has been demolished and lays broken at our feet. Causality applies everywhere or nowhere. There is no compartmentalization of the forces of nature. If we have determined that property cannot be claimed morally on the basis of superior strength, then we have effectively cut ourselves off from what liberals say is a fundamental mechanism that explains the natural world. How can we do this if nature is as liberals say it is? If nature is composed of objects and forces, how can Christians refuse to operate in the way nature operates? Either might makes right everywhere, including culture, or our conception of reality as forces operating on objects is inherently faulty. The church cannot overcome liberal culture by using the liberal conception of a how reality is constructed. The most frustrating observation for a Christian is watching the church trying to solve the problems of evil using the solutions of liberalism. The doctrine that might makes right does not give Christians solutions we can use to build the church. Nothing in scripture suggests we can ever create costs we will not pay. Might makes right does not promote charity, but encourages the destruction of charity through the use of freeloading. Might makes right rationalizes freeloading, because it is viewed as a way the strong survive. It is not possible to legitimize the doctrine of might makes right without being a freeloader oneself. Indeed, once one seeks and obtains power, one has to be a freeloader. There are no other options. Centralized power creates costs the central power cannot pay. This is the paradox of the state. This is the underbelly of liberalism. Governments must impose costs onto its subjects. Governments cannot pay its own costs using its own labor. The work of government has no real value and so produces no wealth. The state has a redistributive function. Therefore, the state must impose taxes on its citizens. The only way to legitimize these costs is to say the state creates wealth through its management. However, this position has merit only if it can be shown there is no other way to conduct human affairs than by using central command structures, i.e. liberalism. If the church was built to the specifications laid down by Jesus, social costs would be eliminated. The church would eliminate all forms and manifestations of freeloading. The church would be or create a social system in which everyone paid their own costs. 
people would be accountable one to the other for the costs they create. There would be no need for governments in this system, and indeed the structure of the church would preclude social hierarchies. Government by their very nature are freeloaders. They cannot pay the costs they create. Authority must strip wealth from subjects using the process of taxation in order to exist. What then of the right of the creator to what he or she created if rulers are free to expropriate wealth as they deem necessary? The doctrine of might makes right is needed, say liberals, to keep order. The state is needed to keep order only with liberals. Christians do not require secular government. The question then becomes, how does the church overthrow liberal culture without using liberal methods? In one sense, liberalism does not need to be confronted. Avoiding liberalism works just as well. Christians need to inoculate their economies from the predation of freeloaders. If liberals cannot freeload, they cannot use force, and they cannot expropriate wealth from its rightful owner. To put it simply, if Christians avow all freeloading and institute a culture of accountability, they sever themselves from the levers of power without a way to freeload. Liberal institutions have no way to infect the body politic of Christian civilization. Christian culture, by definition and necessity, has to be built up using the Christian dictum. We own only what we create and have no claim on anything created by others. Cultural, built on the sanctity of ownership, eliminates liberal culture. The liberal prime directive of might makes right is neutralized by cooperation and by the Christian dictum. It is possible to build the church by observing what liberals do and doing the opposite. What liberals do, Christians must conscientiously avoid doing. Whereas liberals rely on centralized authority, Christians must build using all stakeholders. While liberal institutions create risk, the church absorbs and neutralizes risk and threats of loss. People who have need of each other have no wish to exploit one another. Order is inherent in the dependency of the stakeholders and their sharing of risk. Social autonomy means each person supplies their own needs, but when we are modular units, there is no progress. To create a more sophisticated civilization, interdependency must be created. The key to progress is to develop specialization. The more specialization, the more progress. Specialization creates a need in other members. Specialization means we need other members of our community, and they need us and what we do. So we and they begin to trade. A neighbor skilled in making arrowheads is so skilled his neighbors prefer to use his arrowheads rather than their own. So they in turn must develop items he will want more than his arrowheads. Once this new dynamic has been established it will be built upon. This is true only if power does not intrude. 
If the inventor of the better arrowhead uses his wealth and ability to exploit others and does not provide fair value for his services, progress may well be stunted. If those with the power take the best arrowheads for themselves, without a corresponding reward, production will cease and no one else will produce anything for trade. To have progress, we need to prevent liberals from confiscating what belongs to others. The key to progress is the rights of the Creator. Christians develop the mechanisms of the market to trade free of compulsion. In a market, one man hunts, another makes arrow shafts, another tans hides, another prepares the tannin for the hides, and so on. Each member, to gain the most value, must seek to make himself as useful and as valuable as he can. A trader focuses on adding value to the tribe by adding value to something the tribe needs. Liberals will see a unique skill as a source of leverage to force compliance upon others and to deprive them of value that is rightfully theirs. Christians see a unique skill as a way to add more value to the church, to the glory of God. Churches create functional disparities or dynamic disequilibrium. The desire to assist, to be charitable, forces us to become unique deliverers of goods and services in some way. This specialization creates a disequilibrium in the sense the man with chickens needs the man with bread who needs a woman who teaches, and so on. These conditions of niche forming create a situation in which stability is only possible through transacting exchanges. It is through this process that we become members of one body. Christians reduce risks for each other. Charity is the most powerful assault on liberalism. To reduce the power of liberalism, start a charity that exchanges goods and services for free. Giving things away for free destroys the greed that lays at the heart of liberal culture. Liberalism cannot exist in a society in which people give freely. Charity is the vaccine that inoculates culture against the virus of liberalism. However, gifting is just the opening gambit in the war against liberals. To grow the church, we need to develop specialization. To have specialization, there must be a market in which needs can be evaluated objectively. Markets convert one kind of value into another. The value of a plumbing job must be converted into the value that is created by bakers or by a person who cares for children. The better the market, the more values it creates correctly. All costs must be contained in the final price. Gifting sets up the conditions within which a new way of converting values can be introduced. When we create value, we create progress. Value creates equity for the people of God. Equity is the bricks we need to build up the Church of God. Here's how it works. A dining room suite can be gifted for $1,500 to the Church. This gives the Church an asset worth 1,500 units of value. These units of value is what we call equity. Equity can be given a physical form and then issued on the value of the asset gifted. This consists of the church issuing 1,500 
preferred share units to the gifter. The value of the gift is issued by the exchange or recorded on its books as 1500 prefers or preferred shares. Prefers are unit of count issued as preferred shares. Preferred shares represent equity and a measure of value. Prefers are contraction of preferred shares. Prefers are issued and used in the same way conventional currencies are. So prefers serve as the currency of the church and enable the church to help one another in specialized ways. Using prefers enable members to be accountable one to the other for the costs they create. For example, three families have children that need schooling. Each family can school their child individually or they can specialize to make each family more efficient. One person schools the children while others trade house cleaning and shopping for the value received in the form of schooling. To keep accounts and maintain accountability, a ledger is used. Each member is represented by an account. These accounts track credits and debits using the unit of account called a prefer. Prefers enable members to pay for value received and to be paid for value delivered. These services offered by the church members can be multiplied endlessly as membership increases and new specializations come on board. For example, five plumbers form an exchange. To make each member more efficient, equipment and tools can be combined. Each member can specialize in a different skill. Assignment of jobs and other bookkeeping is centralized. Members may be cross-trained to some degree, but each person is paid at a set rate by the plumber's exchange. This organizational model not only helps make the individual plumbers more efficient, it helps the church by providing a lower cost, more efficient delivery vehicle for plumbers. All contributions of capital and labor to the church are recorded as a contribution of capital to the church. These charitable donations are compensated for by an issue of prefers to the account of the person making the donation. The plumbers use the prefers they earn to hire an educator or housekeeping from the pool of goods and services provided by the church. The other members are able to hire a plumber using the prefers they have earned. In this way, the church is built up as an increase in the equity of the believers. The market advances in an unlimited way as specialization increases because market mechanisms are used to conduct exchanges. There is no need for centralized authority. Liberalism is eliminated. Even social goods can be supplied by the church as new specialities come on board. All it takes for a road or school or other infrastructure to be built is for resources to be transferred to the construction sector. Teachers and doctors and other professionals are paid using prefers as their services are needed. Their income in prefers enables them to pay mortgages, buy food and pay other bills. The more goods and services provided using the exchange model, the less the need there is 
for liberal institutions. Over time, liberals will have no way of freeloading off the church, and they will vanish. The church is an economic system that is self-contained and sustainable. The liberal model is based on freeloading and is dependent on the wealth generating powers of the church. By eliminating all forms of freeloading, Christians can and will destroy the ability of the liberal culture to function and therefore to exist.